This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI Co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. Today in southern Ukraine, an evacuation convoy took more civilians out of the battered city of Mariupol. For weeks, they've been hiding out under a massive steel plant. Hundreds of civilians are still trapped there, along with an estimated 2,000 Ukrainian fighters, and many of them are wounded. They've refused to surrender to the Russian invaders, even as conditions grow worse. NPR's Joanna Kakissis is following the story from the Ukrainian city of Dnipro and joins us now. Hi, Joanna. Hi, Ari. First, bring us up to speed on the evacuation of civilians. What's the latest? So the evacuees from the Azovstal plant in Mariupol were supposed to arrive today in the southern city of Zaporizhia. We were waiting for roughly 100 evacuees. These are mostly women and children who have not seen sunlight for a month. Uh, But the convoys are actually still making their way to safety. There's been some confusion about why. The mayor of Mariupol is really angry. He's blaming the Russians for the delay. The UN and the Red Cross uh, managed to set up these evacuations by securing a short ceasefire from Russia. But after the evacuees left, the Russians began bombing Mariupol again. And the Russians have destroyed the southern port city. Nearly all the buildings are rubble. And Ukrainian authorities say 10 Tens of thousands of people may still be in the city. The Azovstal plant is the only part of Mariupol that is not occupied by Russian troops. You've been speaking with somebody who is sheltering in that plant, a soldier. Uh, What has he told you about the conditions there? So, yeah, we've been speaking with a naval border guard named Stanislav Kerod. He's a husband and a father and a native of Mariupol. Um, And I wanted to see what life was like for him and others inside this plant, which, you know, kind of feels like like a last stand of sorts. So about a week ago, NPR started exchanging voice memos with Stanislav Kerod. Irina Matvijishin, one of NPR's local producers in Ukraine, she sent him questions in Ukrainian and translated his answers. Okay, let's listen. The first message from Stanislav Kerod is grim. The situation is really catastrophic. It's getting worse every day. We can't do anything about it because we're trapped. No one can bring us any kind of aid. Kerod describes watching army medics dress wounds with whatever is available. Water, rags, plastic bags. He explains that moving around the labyrinth of tunnels under the Azovstal plant is dangerous, even though the space stretches for miles. The Russians attack it repeatedly. How can anyone leave the plant if it's under airstrikes and shelling 24-7? If we leave this bunker, we die. What needs to be done, above all, he says, is to take civilians out, especially those who are wounded. He assures us that the morale among the soldiers here is high, though more than 500 are injured. We're all together here, the fighters of the Azov Regiment, as well as the Naval Infantry, 36th Brigade, the Land Border Guards, and my group, the Naval Border Guards. The police and volunteers from the Territorial Defense are also here. He says they will hold on to Mariupol as long as they are alive. A couple of days later, we received more voice memos. 
There's talk of an evacuation plan, though previous ones have been blocked by the Russians. He says he and the other soldiers have been doing whatever they can to help civilians, many of whom are women and children. We're trying to help civilians with food and medicine. We will not leave them hungry and fighting for survival, but we can only share what we have. And that's not much. Food, water, medical supplies, hygienic products, they're all running low. In one photo released on social media, a toddler wears a plastic bag as a diaper. Kerod's family is not under the plant or anywhere in Mariupol. I send them to a safer city inside Ukraine. My family wants to stay in Ukraine. And I also think it's unacceptable for us to leave. We have to stay and do everything we can to support our country. He has heard that there are high-level negotiations to evacuate injured soldiers. But he is staying. He says he will fight. He says, all of us soldiers who are not injured will keep defending Ukraine, and we will only leave with weapons in our hands, stepping on territory that is Ukraine's. Joanna Kakissis, NPR News, Dnipro. This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Progressive Insurance, where drivers who switch could save hundreds on car insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hey, I hear you have a birthday coming up. Yeah, you. If you're listening to this, that means you have a birthday coming up eventually. And here at LifeKit, we want it to be a special one. Magic can happen and good luck can happen and serendipity can happen if we're open to it. How to have a good birthday, even if you're not a birthday person. That's on the Life Kit podcast from NPR.